0: Welcome to the Blend Podcast. Your hosts Tom Piani and Brendan Cox take a closer look at the fascinating world we're learning through the lens of education and design. The podcast is brought to you by Blend Interactive Content and you can find us on LinkedIn or at blend.training.
1: Hi Brendan, how are you? I'm good Tom, how's everything with you? Very, very good, thank you. We're going to talk about one of your favourite books today, aren't we? The Power of Moments by Chip and Dan Heath.
0: Yeah, it's a great book about capturing moments and creating connections with people. We just thought it actually applies to e-learning, among other things as well. So it'd be cool to kind of chat about that. Excellent. Excellent. So before we
1: before we start then, for people who haven't read it or don't know anything about it, could you give a, a sort of brief summary in general of what the book is about or what it's trying to achieve?
0: Yeah. So the book really dives into the idea that as humans, we tend to remember things by moments rather than the whole journey from start to finish of things. So, for example, you remember the peaks or the troughs of an experience and you remember the end of experiences Uh, in the same way, just on a small scale. Think of it like a film. So you remember that the real highs of a film and then you remember whether or not the ending was good. And it's that kind of principle that actually just it applies to everything so even from your your best night out at university through to when you graduated and so you remember graduation you remember the the highs and you'll also remember experiences if it was an ex, a, a, a significant trough as well and so the idea is is that by viewing experiences and designing and planning experiences with that in mind and being aware of that you can actually enhance the experience for other people and the good thing is is that that means you can enhance the experience for uh, the audience you could enhance it for a customer you could expe- ex- enhance it for your friends and family and things okay and in the book they give the example specifically about
1: disney don't they
0: yeah so that idea of when you're in when you go to disneyland obviously a lot of queuing's involved and if you capture it in that moment it can be a bit of a slog especially if you're going there with a load of kids and you've got to kind of deal with all of that but actually once you're on the ride and you're going around on the roller coaster it's amazing and then at the end of the day you've got everyone super satisfied and everyone's got a smile on their face and had a great time and that's what you take away from it you don't remember the queuing you don't remember the the whinging because they wanted the seventh ice cream or anything like that And I think that's the key is that if you can build those highs in the same way that something like Disney does. I mean, uh, Disneyland in America and the uh, American theme parks especially good at this because they look for opportunities to raise the enjoyment factor, even on the things that you wouldn't normally get it. So, for example, the queuing. So it's always the worst part of a, a theme park. But in America, they actually and Disney over here as well, they create moments even during the queuing so they would have actors doing things they have their kind of experiences going on they have nuggets of things especially with stuff like the disney and the um the marvel characters and stuff they'll have scene setting and they'll establish the, the story around you even while you're queuing and that really elevates it and i think that's that's something that you can definitely take away from that and you can actually create small versions of this throughout everything you do Interesting. Uh,
1: this sort of concept reminds me of another example that they use about the Magic Castle Hotel in Los Angeles. This hotel is like number two on TripAdvisor, but when you look at pictures of it, it's a very generic looking standard hotel. Doesn't look like anything out of the ordinary. Looks quite dull and boring, to be honest with you. And hmm. then when they start explaining why it's number two on TripAdvisor in L.A., it's because, for example, they have things in the hotel such as a popsicle helpline. So you yeah. ring this phone by the swimming pool and some English butler looking guy comes out and gives you a popsicle. Um, they have like a snack menu for free with like crisps such as Cheetos and things like this. So obviously they're using this this idea of if we raise the peaks in an activity or in a service or whatever, that is going to do more for people's satisfaction than just being solid and just making sure there's no complaints.
0: Yeah, it's that thing of raise the trot, raise the raise the peaks and focus on elevating it rather than just filling in the potholes. Like actually, if anyone's ever been to Secret Cinema, it's similar. That idea that. Even in the run up to the experience, the queue has interactive elements in it. Every single person that you come in contact with, the person that stamps your ticket, anyone that you speak to on the way, the people that greet you at the train station to walk you to Secret Cinema is in character and you're given a character sheet before you even turn up and uh, guidance on your costume and things like that. So from the moment you decide you're doing it, all the way through to the actual experience of sitting through a couple of hours of interactive kind of experiences of walking around a venue fully decorated actors and activities going on and then through to actually watching the film at the end everything is elevated and they're they're looking for all of those moments where you can surprise someone and break the script because something that they talk about in the book is that idea of when you're queuing to an event you're expecting the event to start once you get in. By surprising you and elevating the actual, the generic queuing experience, you can actually like surprise people. And the people will talk about, like, oh, did you see what happened in the queue? Or did you, did you see what that guy was doing while we were waiting and things like that? And it's stuff like that that really creates memorable moments. Another example of breaking the
1: script that came to my head was a restaurant pretty standard restaurant you know it was doing okay the owners decided to mix things up a bit and they said to each member of staff you're allowed to give away x amount of food and drink randomly to various okay. guests over the next month and obviously that was an that was a way to build peaks because yeah. if you're going into this restaurant and you get offered a free drink for no reason and it's completely random you're going to remember that that's going to be the part of the experience you yeah. remember you know in one way you could just be like okay they're just trying to differentiate themselves they're doing something different but there's some thought behind this isn't there because it's prioritizing creating peaks rather than prioritizing
0: fixing potholes yeah there's a I, I tell you what there's a really good example of just in terms of customer service there's a company in the UK called Timpsons that mend shoes and cut keys and things They're they're kind of spread out all across the UK and they've got Amazing customer service. But from the perspective of you, if you walk in there and you just say, Oh, can you could you shine my shoes? Because my shoes have be, just been scuffed up, or can I buy a set of laces? They'll often just give you the laces, or they'll polish your shoes and just hand them back to you. Without any kind of making you feel like you've getting a freebie and you feel obligated to do something. Literally, every time I go back to the UK, if I need it, if I have any shoes that need fixing. I take them back to Timpsons. I literally go to another country and comfortably bring another bag with me and get fixed, whatever's fixed, because by by creating those moments, you create a champion in the for your business in the actual client, because I value that level of service and I value that empathy for the client above the kind of the other types of things. Those tiny little moments just being given a free free set of laces or a, a polish okay so let's let's look at that break in the script then
1: yeah how do you think that can be used in e-learning
0: i think that there's a big focus on jumping into what are the things we need to tell a a learner and then there's almost an expectation that at the end of this piece of e-learning it just sort of fizzles out like oh we've done the work we put in all the content that, that's the end of it they'll just be glad it's over and i think that that expectation that oh it's just another bit of e-learning you can play on that and you can actually mix it up and if you provide more feedback and you make it personalized and you let the person explore it and actually discover things that they might not wouldn't think were there for example say for example uh, you you want to use a scenario where they have to work out how to do something if you put little moments that they wouldn't expect to be there like a a little bit of easter eggs a little bit of humor it instantly elevates that moment the good thing is is that you don't have to go completely off script you don't have to be uh, like silly but just little elements of humanity and personalization in there elevate those moments and make that overall whole thing more memorable yeah the personalization (laughs) aspect i think i think is key because there's a the majority
1: of e-learning out there doesn't do that at all. And we've noticed a big difference how much people react to that and how engaged people get when they feel the the character or the narrator or whatever part of the e-learning is speaking to them directly. And I think another thing to add on to that is when the learner can choose their own learner journey, their own map of how they get from A to B. I think for us, that's that's a good example of how you break the script in in e-learning.
0: Yeah, cuz at the end of the day the the whole point of the book The Power of Moments is like what what is the point of creating moments and it's to make it memorable. And at the end of the day that's the goal of e-learning is to help someone remember something that they need to be able to do. And definitely there's that aspect of when you break the script you create moments, but you can also lead people down a path where rather than just saying this is what you're doing, this is what how you do it, get on with it. You can actually lead people to connect the dots themselves over time so they kind of trip over the the truth that's one of the parts in the book the idea of personal insight that you only get through guiding someone to that realization not by hammering the point home and just signposting it the whole way and then it becomes a much more um, impactful moment when they realize something in the light it's literally a cliched light bulb moment where it sort of turns on and they realize it for themselves and it makes it a lot more powerful it's the same process that therapists use they don't just tell you what to do they ask you questions they guide you in a direction and you come to your own conclusion that makes it a lot stronger and i think that works with e learning as well coming
1: back to this idea of we remember the best and worst moments in the ending you know this unique <laughs> end rule like we were talking yeah. about with disney earlier do
0: you think that that's applicable in e-learning as well 100 percent. i mean people are investing their time in a piece of e-learning and one of the things that e-learning lacks over face to face is that obviously you lose that element of human contact and that aspect of social reward has to be developed and put back into it and so if you can create moments throughout it where they feel like they genuinely are proud of themselves and the interaction has that personal touch if you then also have that at the end they'll come away with it feeling really proud of themselves and remember that moment and not just that remember the content better and so i think something that's very very important for e-learning is to not let it just fizzle out and a lot of e-learning just like okay we've ticked all the boxes that's it there's no a conclusion or a summary and that's about as good as it gets normally there's no sort of closing chapter that talks about what you've achieved and discusses how well you've done and things like gamification as well can add in that element of you can see how well you've done also social proof so sharing it with other people as well it elevates the ending so it's way 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 more memorable
1: one thing that i found very interesting was it's all well and good talking about these are the peaks, gamification, personalization, how do you break the script? But I think for a lot of listeners, a lot of people out there, they might be asking in whatever industry I'm in or in whatever context that is relevant to me, how do I build those peaks? How do I make these peaks out of nothing? And one bit of advice in the book that I thought was really useful as a starting point was they used the example of customer service. Yeah. Where a user gives a rating of, one to seven let's say and a lot of businesses will straight away look at the users who gave the rating of one and how do we move that one upscale to a three or a four or whatever whereas in the book they were saying this is the wrong way to look at it it makes much more sense to move a four to a seven for example because firstly the sevens are the people who tend to spend more money in the business and this comes back to the eighty twenty pr- principle and also there's going to be more people in the middle um who you can move up the scale rather than the people who put one and i thought that was just a
0: very interesting way to frame it and to think about how to build peaks yeah i think that's true and i think the thing is is like you say if you're trying to convince someone who hates what they're doing to like it a little bit more it's super hard uh whereas if you've got someone that's a bit indifferent and it was just sort of says oh it was okay i mean it could have been better those are the people that you can start to elevate because there's less resistance they're neutral so taking someone yeah like you said from the middle and elevating it and the key thing is here is often when people look for re- feedback they'll ask them what they liked they'll ask them what they didn't like and then they hyper focus on what they didn't like and try and fix that and a key thing is actually when you're getting feedback look for the things that people like and turn them into things that people love. So, for example, in a piece of e-learning, they really liked the user guide because it was actually a voiceover of a person and they felt like someone was actually there helping them. Well, push that. See how far you can develop the guide. So there's a video of that person or that person responds using the personalization of that person's name that person is in the cutscenes that rewards them at the points of which they've achieved something at the checkpoints those kind of things and you'll you can get a lot more i suppose bang for your buck if you actually focus on trying to move someone who's neutral and is not resisting to an elevated level of i really like this and it's really it's really enjoyable and you elevate those peaks of that person's experience rather than trying to basically drag a drag a donkey that stuck its heels in and he's never going to go much further than beyond um just sort of saying oh, okay i guess i it was okay and i think that's key so you can actually get a lot further by putting your resources into um lifting people's favorite moments of something and pushing them even higher i would maybe say li- lifting people's <laughs> mediocre moments higher to make them
1: become yeah. And I think yes. I think user guides are a, a great example of that because this is often a thing that's just a sort of obligatory add-on that yep. has to be included, and it's a box-ticking exercise normally. It's pages and pages of instruction because it needs to be there because exactly. the user has to have that as part of the package. Whereas turning something that is pretty vanilla, like a user guide, into something super interactive. We try and do it at blend, any sort of user guides that we include, we're trying to use augmented reality, you know, and make it as immersive, engaging, as interactive as possible within the e-learning. They're the things that we know are going to set us apart. Rather than fixing pothole after pothole, we need to be doing that automatically because we have our own minimum standards. But I mean more how we can make ourselves different is by taking these things that are just always created as a given and a pretty sort of average people don't feel emotionally too strongly one way or the other about them and all of a sudden you've got a user guide that says your name is personalized to you is an open-ended user guide so it doesn't go from point a to point b it depends what you ask it and it comes back with a certain answer you can use augmented reality where you have to physically build the the structure for example if it's like ikea or something like that to see if you can do it in an augmented environment before you do it in real life. These are the sorts of things that I think pique the interest and and create those sort of memorable moments for your clients, customers, users, whoever they are.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think one of our other episodes we talked about onboarding and that's a major place where it's mediocre in terms of if you think of from an emotional perspective, there's nothing higher than suddenly getting a new job and it's like a massive moment in someone's life and then the first thing that happens is is they turn up on the day or they get sent their email and it says congrats you've got the job this is when you're meeting us and it's such a flat moment and then when they arrive they're stood in reception and there's no there's no sense of welcoming to it there's the peak of getting the job suddenly goes very mediocre I'm not saying it goes badly but it's like going on a first date the first time you turn up at a company after you've got the job and the reality is is there's a perfect opportunity there to really make someone on board to the community of that job and not just look at it from the side of the job of like well that person's got the job now they just need to turn up and we'll tell them what to do think of it as creating the culture of integrating them into the the feel of the company you could quite easily make a piece of e learning where it just it introduces the the office space you can look around the office it tells you where everything is it introduces some of the people that work there and it does it in a kind of friendly informal manner that makes you feel like you already know them a little bit so that first day nerves when you turn up you don't have them you're already ready to go you're excited to meet these people you know where everything is it's not a sort of work it out when you get there oh you'll you'll get it over time sort of thing you actually feel welcomed and i think onboarding is also another area where just putting a little bit of thought into elevating those mediocre moments can really make a big difference and get that person excited about working for them totally agree is there any last thoughts you have on the book before we call it a day other than just reading it I would say that one of the key things is that it's not just related. It's not just applicable to business, to e-learning. You can use it in your life every day. That thing of when someone makes a suggestion or has an idea and you don't empathize with that person straight away, you picture yourself doing that thing or trying that thing and you maybe play it down, take a breath take a moment and actually think about how excited that person is about that thing whether it's an outfit whether it's what they're going to cook for dinner whether it's the holiday they're going on and give yourself a moment to get excited about it for them and then talk about it in a way that elevates that moment for them get them more excited talk about the cool things they could be doing talk about how awesome this meal is going to be talk about how cool that outfit is and like oh if you had that thing you could put that thing with it and I think that if you can create a habit where you help other people around you and also yourself elevate those moments every day and so you can find little moments within the day and look for an opportunity to elevate it for someone else and i think it's it's a good way of making things more memorable and creating connections with people
1: i can attest to that because you are sickeningly positive every day thanks nice one okay great talk to you soon
0: bye Thanks for listening to the Blend Podcast. Episodes are available via Google, Apple, and Spotify. You can find Blend Interactive content on LinkedIn or at blend.training. Don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.